Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Oh, there it is, I got it. What? Oh, the... Sorry about that, listeners. Ted's catching flies. <laughs> Look, I, I, I can't stand this weather. It's so, it's so hot here. And then you can't, you've got to, you've got to play this stupid merry tune. It's so late, so late. You can't. People like us moaning, you know. Well, they like, they like uh, me moaning. Listen, I was just telling you, Ted, before we actually did start, that you've got to do the trick that I've taught my mother to do, and she does so brilliantly, which is first thing in the morning, when it's still cool outside, open everything, let the air all come through, blow out the hot air of the night, let the cold air of the morning in, and then seal it all up. Close the curtains, close the windows, shutter down the shutters and the blinds and everything, and your house will stay cool throughout the day. I guarantee it. Yeah, well, we, we say this every year, and then the practicalities come in, like having to get up. <laughs> yes, that's why you see. That's why I've trained my mother to do it, so I don't have to get up. <laughs> I'm I'm certain. You see, what happens with me is that I get out of it. <laughs> what happens with me is that um, I, it comes to the to the darkness, and it's still too hot to really shut all the windows and doors up. So I sit there in the dark. I just. I have no lights on. I just sit there looking at the wall. Um, at least the windows are open, and it's a bit—it's as cool as it possibly can be. Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. Hi, folks. <laughs> oh dear. I, I we both just detest this stupid weather, and I'd much rather have, get out of it. It's it's back again. Look. <laughs> We'd much rather have cold weather than hot. I think we both agree. Absolutely. We're on show 187, and this is the middle of June, and it's 10.15 at night. We thought it might be a good idea to wait till after dark, but now I'm starting to wonder. Now, you see, yeah. you've stolen my thunder, because when you're going to ask me in a minute, how am I this week, that's what I was going to say to you. The weather, oh. it's so horrendous. It's my fault, ladies and gentlemen, because I, I messaged Ted this morning and said, I can't do this. It's something. It was something like 29 in my studio or something, and I said, I simply can't do the show this morning. Can we wait till later when it's cooler? Got it. But had I known that you'd be dancing with flies, <laughs> we might have done something differently. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, it's show 187. Did I already You've say that? you said that, that Ted. Now, middle come on. of June. <laughs> Pay attention. And whateverworks.works is our website where you'll get links to all the stuff that we're talking about if we can get rid of all these flies, midges, um, in the show this evening. I mean, today, uh, tomorrow, yesterday. And um, tedsalmon.com is where you'll find me. Links to all I do there as usual. And aidenbell.com for Aiden. Wouldn't it be nice to be Santa at the moment, AidenBell.com? <laughs> it would be nice it to be, might in, be snowing. in the Santa weather. Yeah, but I can't, yeah. I can't win because when I'm playing Santa, I'm wrapped up in a ruddy great suit with two fat suits <laughs> on underneath and I tend to sweat like Billio. So, yeah. yeah, you can't win. You can't. Anyway, um, thank you, everyone, for your wonderful support and um, in interest in our show. And we shall uh, move forward. I think we've done the whatever with you because it's it's all about weather, isn't it? It is all about weather. It was only a month ago that we were whinging and moaning and saying, oh, this ruddy winter, it's gone on and on. When's it going to get warm? Yeah. And now that it's warm, we don't like it. So, I mean... You never hear me complaining about cold weather. My friend, the polar bear. Yes, indeed. And the penguin on the side and the seal. Uh, right, now, feedback from the last show is... 
Firstly, my Son Mix office swivel chair, which I regularly bring to the show. Oh, the one held together with gaffer tape and Jubilee clips, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the one. Um, well, I, it, it just went from bad to worse. My, my back was really playing up very, very badly. I had two weeks on naproxen and, 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 and Paris... Paris uh, what are those? Paracetamols. I think they're I think they're called something else though because they've got a plus in them. Anyway, right. um, and so the family decided to stop me whinging um, to club together and buy me a new chair. <laughs> so <laughs> I just got a new one. Um, now, oh, very nice. Here's the bad news: that four years ago, which it turns out was the when I bought the last one, it was seventy five quid, and now it's a hundred and forty five. Wow. Double the price, and Goodness. I got a twenty. I got a twenty pound voucher off of it, so it's actually one hundred and twenty five. But even so, that's gone up a huge amount. Um, and well, it's good a news, huge chair. <laughs> <laughs> and and the good news is that it two weeks later or, uh, down the line, as uh, you know, as soon as I sat in it, I could feel the difference. My the the lumbar support was there. Oh, that that, that chair after four years was just knackered, right. and I didn't really realise. And as soon as I sat in the new one, it was great. And two weeks later, my back is completely back to normal. It could only have been that chair and me. Perhaps four years for a chair is a reasonable length of time. I do you think, think it probably is, and it's the countless hours you spend podcasting from within yeah. it, Ted. I mean, you've given it a good going. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think four years is good enough, especially. When and that one was only in inverted commas 75 quid so you got four yeah, years yeah, out of yeah. that so let's hope yeah. you can get eight years out of this new one indeed i agree paul williams has come back to us and says um uh, in your show a little while ago you mentioned duck filled duvets yes i do remember that i think he means duck oh, feathered yeah. not not duck filled duvets <laughs> but duck down filled duvets yeah, yeah, yeah. and i instantly thought of my slippers says paul these are my rab primal loft primer loft or prima loft primal loft filled slippers okay not duck feathers he says but made entirely from recycled plastic bottles well there's mm. a thing allegedly yeah. the same result as a feathered pair of slippers just a bit more durable. Ooh, lovely. Now, I mean, I have to say, on one hand, I thoroughly, thoroughly approve, and what a wonderful thing to do to help the planet, to, to you know, no more duck feathers, recycle plastic bottles. But on the other hand, I thought the point of, um, of bird feathers was, was that they were incredibly soft and there was nothing to touch them. I somehow wonder whether recycled plastic Coca-Cola bottles <laughs> would have... Yeah. But anyway, hey, if it works, it works. Uh, and Paul seems very happy. He says, hot feet in the winter and cool in the summer. And there's a very fetching picture in our recording notes of they one... They look lovely. They do. They, they, look, they, they look like tiny sleeping bags for the feet, don't they? <laughs> Oh. There goes another fly. Also, says Paul... I, I want one of those. <laughs> I, I want well, two of them, preferably. One for each foot. Oh, yes. oh. Paul also says, I've been using the safe and sound pill and tablet cutter for many ah. years. Yes, we talked about tab tablet cutting yeah. a little while back as well. He says, in fact, I'm still on the same one from five years ago. Mm. £3.65 from wow. Amazon. So also, cheap as chips. Excellent. Still slicing tablets good. with no trouble, he says. Sorry, do yeah. continue, sir. No, no, I should say that, that that's good. A good five years. It's lasted longer than my blooming chair. I was just chair. say longer than your seventy-five <laughs> quid chair. <laughs> it's 
three pounds sixty-five, and it lasts longer. I really fancy those those shoes, though. Those, those slippers, they do look though. they do look like but, great fun moon boots. I, yeah, I'd really I really want a pair of those. And also, they look a little bit like um, another thing that Ian Barton recommended um, for uh, putting on your feet called Camp Booty, forty-five quid, and they look like snow boots to me. Um, he says that they they come in small, medium, large, and extra large, but he doesn't know what size his are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess someone bought them for him, um, but he's got a size ten feet, lots of room to spare. They're big. I used to pair. I used to wear a pair of things like that, you know, when I was riding my motorbike back oh, yes. in the in the eighties, um, and they were great. They all weathers. Um, that was that was back in the days when we used to get weather. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. And um, and I was um, yeah forever out in the cold. They they look lovely. So thank you, Ian, for that tip as well. We'll put a link to the camp booty in the show notes too. And I should also add that Paul's um, the, the slippers Paul brought the the Rab Primal Loft filled slippers are also forty five pounds a pair. Are they? So they're okay. Similar but similar. Very nice. <laughs> I, I I think I prefer Paul's one actually. I think they look really cosy. And comfy. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I, yeah, I, I think I prefer Paul's too. But having they... said that, I think probably Ian's are, look as if they might wear better. And if you went out on a bike, for instance, you'd probably be better in Ian's than Paul's. Fair enough. Right. Next up is Dan, Daniel da, Daniel Bemis. <laughs> yeah, but I was wondering if you were going to be able to say Daniel. Then never mind Bemis. <laughs> it's a Daniel Bemis double, isn't it? Daniel Bemis on the Osprey Raptor 10. This water backpack has lasted me over five years, he says. You can always increase or decrease the bladder size by buying a smaller or bigger one. It's perfect for a simple walk on a hot day or a 10-mile hike. Plenty of room for sandwiches and snacks. I always keep a medical kit in it as well. It has a magnetic... Sorry, it has a magnet on it to keep the mouthpiece tube uh, tight... And in one place. Lightweight, um, a biker or motorcyclist could keep hydrated and stay safe. He says, sounds like a sales pitch, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but the but yeah, this we we've we've had a look at these once or twice once or twice before, haven't we? Um, and it's got this uh, kind of bottle thing in it where you can just fill it up with fluid, and then you put the pipe round to your gob. And it's on your back still, but you can suck the fluid out. Yeah, it's, it's um, it is quite yeah. clever because you've got a you've got you've got a, a backpack with water, but you've also got the space in the backpack to put to the things in. Yeah, and I actually yeah, yeah. I messy I I joined in the conversation on MeWe and asked Daniel about this, and he said, you know, you can also keep something cool with it because if you put cool water in and your sandwiches, for instance, your sandwiches are going to stay cool if they're next uh, to the to the blad. Yeah. What do they call it? The bladder? No, that yes, the bladder. Charming. Or put, some, or put some ice in it and go and pick up your frozen chicken. There you go. Daniel, <laughs> Be- Daniel Bemis Part 2 is another backpack. It's the Navigator and strangely named Convertible Cat Backpack. Yeah. <laughs> Make of that what you will. And it's from the Travel Cat Company. $150, high quality and innovative design. And it does. I've look- I'm looking at the picture now and it is, it is a... Pretty sexy-looking backpack, actually. My mm. cat really meows and complains when in the backpack. Now I'm catching on, you see. It's actually literally for putting a cat in. It allows her to sit up fully and even stretch out if she pleases. The site says it ships from New York, so importing to the UK should add some cost. I couldn't find one stocked in the UK, so here's a product similar to it for only 30 quid. And he's linked us, linked us to the Cato Tirina large pet backpack carrier. So, yes, I didn't 
didn't quite catch on at the beginning, there's a surprise, <laughs> that it's actually a backpack to put a cat in. It is literally a cat backpack. Uh, yeah, that one on Amazon. 31 quid, that is. And, yeah, yeah, that cat looks very happy inside there. It, it's very <laughs> sweet. I mean, you know, the prerequisite is you've got to own a cat or need to transport one, otherwise there's not much point. Why would you want to take your cat hiking and walking, though? Oh, people do. I mean, people take their cats and dogs with them everywhere. I could quite yeah. imagine that, yeah. There's some charming... Mm. There's a charming video on YouTube about a man who, who, who had a dog that jumped on the back of a bike with him and he's been round America, you know, driving a Harley or something, and this dog just right. jumps on the back wearing a crash helmet and put its paws up on his shoulder. <laughs> and off they go. It's absolutely charming. And I think people like to take their cats out as well, so... Well, each to their own, Tedward. Each to their I own. Used to, <laughs> I, I, used to, I used to know someone that had a, a lead for their cat. I just think it just looks so stupid. Yes. Let's have a jingle. I wonder who bought it. I wonder who bought my item from your item, their item, from my Amazon affiliate link, and I thank them. Do you remember external DVD drives? Hey, I've got one. I still use it. <laughs> yeah, so, so do I, actually. I've, I've got one built into my desktop PC, but with the laptop and with mum's, um, uh, sorry, dad's um, computer, um, it's really, very handy if you've got a DVD and you want to use one. I mean, to be honest, most things get downloaded these days, yes. but it's handy to have one. This one's 25 quid. It's made by Hitachi um, and LG by the looks of it. They seem to be in league together. Um, and it's an external drive, USB 2, um, all sorts of formats, writing and rewriting and and um, and, and using discs again. I, I don't know, you can, presumably you can still buy these discs, can you? Oh, yeah. I um, mean, again, I, I bought some not long ago. I mean, I still have have need to burn DVDs now and again. Yep, you still can. Right, OK. Um, I've not bought one for, like, decades. Get out of it. And this one's only 20 quid. I have to contradict you there, sir. It's come down. It's, it's oh, now is it? tw it's minus 20%, it says on Amazon in Excellent. front of me. Only 20 pounds. I knew, you know what I love about these is, I mean, I've got one. And because when I got my new computer, there was no DVD with it, so I had to get one. And, of course, I've got it on my desk in front of me. So while the computer's sort of underneath the desk and not so accessible, the, DV, the drive, the CD-DV drive, is sitting on my desk where I can reach it easily. So there's a benefit of an external drive. Fantastic. Anyway, thank you very much whoever bought that. Um, I do get a few pennies. If you ever want to buy anything from Amazon, you can um, go to my link, which is tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK. Buy as you normally would. I won't know who you are. Um, and I, I will know what, who, what, what has been bought. And I'll get a little bung from Amazon for the, the trouble. So thank you very much. Keep them coming, everyone, and please do use my affiliate link. Was that the doorbell, Ted? Was it? Who's are you, that? Are you expecting anybody in the middle of a podcast? I don't I, think I'll, so. Talk to the listeners. I'll go and get the door. Hang on. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Oh, it's Mr. Kelly. Hi. Ah. <laughs> Chris, come, uh. come in. Well, thank you very much. Hello, I, um, Chris. I took Mr. Summon at his word when he said pop round any time, so I thought I'd pop round in the middle of your podcast. <laughs> like uh, like buses. Don't see someone for 35 years and <laughs> twice at once. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean boy, boys and girls, we're kidding, of course, but you two actually did genuinely meet the other week, didn't you? 
We did indeed. Um, up at my ranch in North Wales, um, Chris came across from his home. It's um, an enormous his... spread. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with a, with a uh, with his family to have a, a kind of afternoon out at the seaside, which which fitted in quite well. I didn't meet the family, but Chris and I had a great time talking about. We were spoke, well. I think we were going to talk about tech, but actually we ended up talking about coffee, which suits whatever works great. <laughs> and. The, the thing is that I had this coffee machine sent up from you, Aidan, and I, apart from doing the basics, I really didn't know what to do other than the basics. And Chris's conversation with me was really helpful. And hopefully he'll highlight some of those things um, while we're chatting now for our listeners' benefit. Um, particularly, if I'll give you a starting point, Chris, if you like, um, mm-hmm. that I didn't really understand until I met with you we we go to a coffee shop and we see cappuccino and latte and mocha and all the rest of it. And I didn't really understand until I got Aiden's machine that actually all coffees are pretty much the same. Um, and you explained to me how that all works, didn't you? Yeah, it, it was actually um, just a sneaky excuse to get you to make me a coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yes, I, I, I was genuinely interested in looking at the machine that uh, Aidan had sent your way. Um, and as you say, you, you weren't fully au fait with what all the um, knobs and dials did. So mm. we had a little chat about um, starting off with grind size um, and then moving on to how much grind uh, that goes into what is called a porter filter, the little uh, cup that uh, this, the coffee is dispensed into and then water is forced through um, uh-huh. and then there's various things in terms of temperature and pressure that varies depending on how hard you tamp the puck into that little porter filter as well as the grind size and how quickly you're forcing the water through so that, that there is a myriad of variables that um, result in the amount of um, what they call TDS, totally dissolved solids the technical term uh, basically, how much coffee juice you get out of the bean and into the subsequent liquid. But then, yes, that is just then the base from which you make the various types, whether it be a, which, a, which would be which would be called the espresso, yeah. Yes, yes. So that's the espresso, yeah. and, and typically you would see um, a very dense um, sort of coffee-coloured foam on the top of that espresso. Um, which is actually carbon dioxide gas and again we had a further conversation about how that develops during the roasting process and then mm-hmm. gradually escapes over time and all this sort of stuff. So um, that espresso, um, not espresso with an X but with an S, espresso um, forms the base then for the various longer drinks that you might want to make. My personal preference is for an Americano which is um, addition of hot water to uh, slightly dilute uh, but make a longer drink from the coffee Uh, and then there are various milk based options Um, cappuccino obviously being uh, a very popular one that has the foam and maybe a bit of uh, chocolate sprinkles on top Um, flat whites and all the rest of it and all of these are generally it's about the ratio of added water added milk um, that you put into that uh, espresso base. 
Yeah. So essentially, um, most of these drinks are very similar. Just it, it's a, it's how you mix them. It's almost like a cocktail bar at a, at a, a posh coffee house. Um, Absolutely. Because they're just mixing around an espresso. I think so. And I've even asked in a coffee shop, what is the difference between a latte and a latte macchiata? And sometimes they don't know. Or the difference between a latte and a flat white, which is all to do with the different proportions between milk and coffee and how dense the milk is, as Chris was just saying. I mean, that's the thing that I found most fun having a coffee machine is, is preparing the milk, is, put, is driving the steam through the milk with the wand and creating that frothy milk. And it really is an art. And it, it, you can be good or bad at it. And I think I actually became quite good at it. How are you getting on, Ted, with the, with the typical... We've, we've all seen baristas do this in coffee houses. You put the certain amount of milk into the jug, I mean, 250 mils in my case, and then you hold the jug at an angle as the steam comes out of the wand and you create your magic froth. Yeah, the, the, the thing that I'm in danger of here is doing, doing an Aiden, which is establishing um, a drink that I like and always doing it the same way. Yes, um, yes. And one of the conversations I had with Chris was about how we change that. And um, no doubt Chris now will be able to tell us about Red Bar because we had a conversation about that and other places where you can you can mix it up because you don't have to just have, um, you know, stuff that's been roasted three months ago from Sainsbury's. There are other ways of getting different tastes and, and different ways of doing it, aren't there, Chris? Absolutely. There are a whole host of specialist um, uh, coffee uh, roasters. Um, there's, there's a... Uh, my... Ooh. Noises. Um, there's a whole <laughs> host of um, specialist coffee roasters. Uh, the, the coffee guru that I've learned a lot of my stuff from... Um, he has a company called the Square Mile Coffee Company, and you can imagine where that is. There's another company called Has Been, and the one that I settled on is Redbur Coffee Roasters. Uh, yeah. They're in Guildford, a small family business that have been going for a number of years. Um, I found them reliable and relatively cheap, I have to say. Uh, the Square Mile one is, is quite expensive. I but, can concur uh, with that. I actually used Redbur myself for quite a while. I haven't lately because I've started buying mine from the local Harrison Hull coffee shop, but I, I, mm -hmm. I can concur. I used Redbur for quite a while. On your recommendation, Chris, thank you. Yeah. The, the thing with the specialist ones is um, you, you will get pretty freshly roasted stuff. The stuff that I get from Redbur, when it arrives on my doormat, is within two, maximum three days of having been roasted, whereas the stuff that is in the supermarket... Um, it'll tell you a best before date but it won't necessarily tell you when they roasted it and it could have been weeks or even months previously yeah. and if you're after that um, crema which is the, the foam on top of the espresso um, as I mentioned that comes from the carbon dioxide that is produced within the coffee bean during the roasting process um, and that gradually leaks out over a period of time as I pointed out to you the the bag of coffee that you get looks like it's hermetically sealed, but it actually has a valve that allows mm. the CO2 to leak out. Because yeah. if it didn't, no the idea. bags would burst. <laughs> yeah. um, but if, if you've not used that coffee within a reasonable amount of time, gradually all of the CO2 will have come out of the coffee beans and, and you won't get that lovely crema, which is often quite right. prized. 
So, t so taking that a step further, and something we didn't discuss, Chris, was the question of, do you have to buy beans roasted, or can you roast them yourself? Is that a, a, another step forward? Absolutely, wow. and, and, and Redbird do um, sell green beans, so um, they, they've been processed and dried because you know, the, the bean is the pit of a cherry. Um, mm -hmm. So there are various methods for removing the, the flesh of uh, the fruit to leave you with the bean, and the, that is then dried. But you can buy green beans that haven't been roasted. And it says a very sort of pale green, sometimes a little yellowy looking thing when you get them unroasted. Um, and then you can roast them yourself. Um, How do you they, do that? Well, they, they need constant agitation is the first thing. Um, right. to keep them um, evenly roasted. So if you ever saw a coffee roaster, it looks a bit like a tumble dryer, but obviously running at oh, okay. much greater heat. So they're, they're constantly mm -hmm. tumbled so that they evenly roast. Um, and then there's a... So, so you'd, need, you'd need a specialist bit of kit to do that then, would you? Uh, yes, but no, but. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> yes, it's a specialist piece of kit, but you can, at the most basic... You get a thing that looks like a miniature bedpan. Um, so, you know, the bed warmer thing with a, a wooden yeah, handle and yeah. a, a metal bit. You can get those which you can pop onto any heat source, on, onto your stove or onto a campfire or whatever, pop your beans in, and you keep regularly shaking it. And gradually oh, okay. you roast them, but you you have to keep an eye on things. And obviously it's, it's all a bit hit and miss. Yeah, um, right. So that's the most basic way that you could roast mm. them. Um, up to there are um, home roasting devices that you can buy. Um, you know, you're still spending several thousand pounds if you want one. But right. if, if if you want to go into it that depth, you absolutely can roast your own at home. Very interesting indeed, Aidan. Um, can we establish? We we're talking about this machine you sent to me and the yes. very expensive one that you bought for yourself. Um, can we establish what the difference is, apart from yours being black? Um, <laughs> well, well, that is the difference, what, Ted. It's exactly the same machine. Uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what's the, the... It's worth... The, the, the value here is like three times the price of the one that I've got here, um, and for new cost, anyway. What do you get right, for that you, three well, you, times? You made a very good point earlier when you said you were worried about doing an Aiden, which I don't take the slightest bit offensively. I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> I am a person who very much, you know, it came up and me we this week with smartwatches. And once I'm settled on something and I like the way it works, I don't even bother to see what else I can do with it. So in that respect, this coffee machine is perfect for me because I've got what's called the... It's, they're both made by Sage. Yours is the um, Barista Express and mine is mm -hmm. the Oracle, which is currently, I believe, the top of their tree. And it's... It's actually automatic. It's almost a push-button coffee machine. I mean, one of the things you'll often read about is that if you want push-button coffee, you'll never be able to have the barista experience because you have to take part. And you do. But the difference between your machine and mine, Ted, here it comes, is that the taking part is considerably less. My machine, you put the portafilter in and you slide it slightly to one side. Coffee grinds on its own. Coffee comes out on its own. Coffee tamps on its own. So you get the pressing down, the pressurising oh, right. tamp automatically. Okay. Then all I yeah. have to do is take the portafilter out of one, so one slot and pop it into the next slot and put the cup underneath and press the button for my espresso and that's the job done. And as uh. far as the milk is concerned, I put the milk into the jug and then I lift the wand. I've got a, I've got a fat wand. <laughs> 
matron. I've got I've got a much fatter one than you have on yours because it's all oh, it's automatic. No. I I lift the wand, pop the pop the jug underneath, lower the wand, press a button, and then step back and wait, and the milk oh. throths all by itself. Also, I have two boilers. You have one boiler, and as I'm sure you've realised, you cannot do your milk and your coffee at the same time because they share yeah. a boiler. Mine has yeah. two boilers, so I can do the milk while oh. I'm doing the espresso. So basically, right. the whole process takes little more than a minute to make a whole, to make a, a in my case, a latte okay. from start to finish. But the, downs the, the downside, if I may yeah. quickly, is that I've discovered that it's actually not as good as doing it myself. Luckily, this machine does also allow me to use the wand myself and cream the milk myself. And now and again, I do so. And I do notice that it's a bloody sight nicer coffee when I do it myself. OK, and that leads us nicely back to the point, uh, a point that Chris made when he met up with me, which was what is the advantage of one of these machines over... The other manual method that Chris yourself uses with an aero press, and we've covered that on whatever works before, um, and it turns out that it's a, it's a very simple answer, isn't it? It's pressure. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the barista machines typically will run at about nine bar, which is um, you know quite a lot of pressure, uh, hence why it's contained in that fairly robust porter filter. Um, and even with my not inconsiderable weight leaning on uh, an aeropress, I'm, I'm lucky if I can get to a couple of bars. So I can't achieve that, that lovely, thick, creamy crema that goes on the top of an espresso. Right. Um, right. And my um, extraction rate is going to be less because, because the pressure's lower and the, the grind size for the aeropress is much coarser. So... In a way, you're you're getting more coffee out of every bean um, using your method, um, but then there's the flip side. The more you extract from each bean, um, you're more likely to get the compounds that produce the very dark, bitter coffee uh, flavours. Whereas um, I I go for a, a light to a medium roast when I buy my coffee. And because I'm not um, getting so much extraction, I, as a ratio, I'm getting more of the less bitter flavours. So quite often I'm getting coffees that actually taste quite fruity or maybe of chocolate or of nuts and not so much of that really dark bitter flavour. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but essentially, yeah, w one of the kind of ways you could look at it we were discussing was that the, the reason you see these machines in cafes is because they need to do it quickly. If you're going to make the same thing to, to a large degree with an aeropress, it takes longer. Um, th this is speeding up the process. Um, I, I disagree. Um, oh, OK. To a Sorry, I thought that's so, what you said. So my... My whole process from start to finish, um, I grab the beans out of the cupboard, put them into my grinder, that goes into a pot, I tip it into the AeroPress, assemble that, um, and then I'm typically about a two minute steep time and then my clean up is all of 15 seconds. Now if you yeah. think from walking into the kitchen to starting your process with that machine 
there's probably not a huge difference in time, uh, partly right. because your your cleanup is a bit more involved than mine. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, if you're making yourself a cup of coffee, the whole thing is the whole thing. Um, so mine isn't significantly longer. Um, I'm producing a different product now. If you go into the real specialist coffee shops, quite often they will offer you pour-over versions of coffee. Um, and we can get into There's a whole array of different devices. Um, uh, there's a, a Chemex, and I also have a have a, um, a device, the name of which escapes me, I didn't mention to you, um, like a, a conical filter that you just gradually pour oh, yeah. the water over yourself. Um, yeah. and, and typically those from the point at which you start to pour water in to finishing up with a cup of coffee they're around about three to three and a half minutes but then you've got the setup and the clean up at either end of that so those do mm. take a little longer um, right. I'd, I'd say the AeroPress is actually quite quick now, I'm gonna, at the risk of contradicting myself here, after what I just said about how quick my new machine is, one of the reasons I enjoy the whole coffee thing is the, is the ritual of it, is the process. I don't, even if somebody <laughs> did invent a wonderful barista-style machine where you press a single button and out pops a latte, I don't think I'd want that because I do enjoy, despite having said how, how nice it is to have a quick machine, I do enjoy the ritual, I do enjoy the taking part, I do enjoy the sitting back with the coffee thinking, I made this coffee myself. I didn't just press a button on a machine. So for me, unless I'm for some reason in a terrible hurry, the time doesn't really matter. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, it, uh, yeah, each to their own. And I enjoy the whole process. It's a bit like meeting a pipe smoker, isn't it? That yes. actually an awful lot of it's not about the smoking. It's about the ritualistic behaviour around it and the fiddling about and the, ha the equipment and having the, the gear um, but anyway, I, I'm, I hope you're very happy with your new machine. Tell me, why did you, I didn't quite understand why you got a fatter wand than I I have. think it's because it's automatic. I believe that built into the wand, I, I haven't researched this, I'm just surmising, there must be right. a, a temperature gauge in there and probably oh, okay. a little bit of electronic wizardry because you, what you do is you, you tell the machine what you want your milk temperature to be and how frothy you want it on a scale from cappuccino to latte and you can choose the oh, okay. degree of frothiness and the temperature and then you just press the button and stand back. So I'm assuming that inside the wand will be various sensors that will help make that adjustment for you and produce the milk that you want. Okay, yeah. excellent. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right there, Aidan, they, they do. And although I'm, I've not research your specific machine um, I know that similar machines and I've certainly seen reviews on the Sage products um, you've talked about how easy it is that you just press the button press the button mm -hmm. but um, it has a whole uh, array of programmability so you can play with each of these parameters to dial in just what it is that you want Exactly. And you know what? I go into the kitchen and I hear your voice, Ted, saying, Aidan, don't just make the same bloody coffee you always do. <laughs> Try something else. Yeah, and yeah. I am. I'm making fine adjustments. And you're quite right, Chris. Yeah. If I adjust the grind size slightly, then that's going to give me a different amount of and a different taste and texture of the espresso that comes out. And so combined yeah. with the, the differences I've already talked about in how you make the milk, you can indeed, indeed produce a different coffee each time. And again, I want to just go back to what you're saying about coffee. 
Um, you, you may, the last episode, I wasn't with you. I'm terribly sorry for your body because I was away. And because I was away, <coughs> I didn't get my normal coffee. I just grabbed a packet off the shelf in a supermarket. It was Waitrose, darling, thank you very much. But nevertheless, it was horrible. And I was getting coffee out of this machine thinking, oh, my Lord, I've sent Ted the wrong machine. I want my old machine back. This is horrible. And then when I came home from my holiday and I bought the coffee from Harrison Hall that I normally use, that I like, that I know I like, it was chalk and cheese. It was a totally different experience. So I certainly that's echo what you're saying, that the, the choice of the coffee really is paramount. That, that's interesting. And, and, and perhaps before we close and let Chris go on his way, um, we could possibly have a recommendation from you two as to which coffee to try and buy that the flavor of the week or the month of the moment you see at the moment i've i've just been going down to tesco and buying sainsbury's Taylor, taylor's number four mm -hmm. and um you know I, i've yet to get into this whole redbird thing so perhaps we could finish off with that from the two of you what's your favorite blend at the moment after you chris um, <laughs> short answer is I don't have one. Um, <laughs> I, my subscription recommend something. My, my subscription with well, my recommendation is go for the subscription with Redba and go for right. the surprise me. Because okay. if if you're interested in uh, a bit of experimentation to find out what might be out there, what you might be missing out on, it's a really good way to do it. Because what they do is they just, I'm sure it's whatever they've got an excess of that they're clearing the stock but um that doesn't really matter I, I get something different and and i don't always really enjoy it sometimes i end up with a pack of stuff and i think yeah um i'd rather not have that one again but but haven't, uh, but haven't you got one when you thought to yourself oh yes this is lovely i want to get more of this one um that's my feeling most weeks. <laughs> Mo most weeks I get something and I think, this is lovely, I really want more of this one. And then next week something else turns up and I think, yeah, this is really lovely, I want more of this one. So, so that's why I, okay. I don't settle on one. Um, okay. but, but if I was going to give you a tip, um, yep. now, espressos typically go for the darker roast end of the market. Um, and as I say, part of that uh, roasting longer at higher temperatures, getting the dark, tends towards that more bitter flavour. Um, might I encourage you to go for something a little lighter, um, and it's often a slightly more complex flavour because the ratio of those bitter notes isn't quite so high. So you, okay. you can then start to taste other things in the coffee. Right, okay. Aidan, a recommendation from you? I may have said on the show before, I'm very lucky that having worked in show business for a number of years, I've been very lucky and, and, and honoured to have been able to travel a lot and I've drunk coffee in a lot of countries. And I really can put my hand on my heart and say one of the best cups of coffee I've ever drunk is round the corner at my local Tesco, Harris and Hall Coffee Shop. Um, they exist in quite a few Tescos, I believe, and a few high street shops as well. Harris and Hall. Um, I absolutely love their coffee. When I got the machine that you now have, Ted, I, I asked them, do you sell beans? They said, yes, I tried some, and I basically, except for the period when I did use Redbird for a little while, I've always used Harris and Hall beans. Again, you go in and they won't sell you old beans. They'll sell you their own beans. And you know, if they're a good coffee shop, they will, of course, be using freshly roasted beans. 
So you know. So, so sorry. Go so on. unlike, so unlike Chris, you you always have the same beans. I always have that, the same. That's 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 all that firm does. Yes, and there is exactly the right. point that you were making earlier that Aiden falls okay. into a rut. And Maya Kulpa, <laughs> I absolutely, I will, I put my hands up to that. Yes, because I like it. And this was proven the other day when I had the Waitrose coffee off the shelf and then went back yeah. to Harrison Hall. I enjoyed it so much. And the other thing, which I mean, I, I shouldn't say this because we'll be talking for another ten minutes. But of course, I'm a decaf man. Um, as of about six, seven, eight months ago, I went over to oh, decaf. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, I'm also getting a generally milder, softer flavour anyway, because that's the way decaf coffee tends to lean, which I like. Um, so, yeah, I, I get Harrison Hall. I would absolutely advocate not only their beans, but also to sit down and drink their coffee. Excellent. Thanks ever so much, um, guys. Thank you, Chris, for popping in. It was nice to see you, or be with you at least. <laughs> Very well. And- We'll, uh, we'll crack on with the rest of the show. But, um, yeah, that's some great tips, and we've really enjoyed having you around. And, yes, if you're passing North Wales again, do pop in and see us. Absolutely, Will. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jeff. I second that. Thank you very much, Chris. Close the door on your way out, will you? Cheers, mate. Oh, that was great. Oh. That, that was fun. What a nice chap. He's, Isn't he nice? He's a lovely man. He's a lovely man. He was, we, had, we had a lovely time when he came to see And doesn't see, he know his coffee? Me. I mean, there was you teasing. You've been teasing yeah. me all these years about, oh, Aidan, the great coffee expert, he loves his coffee. I know nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I've just had an education in coffee. Goodness me. Yeah, yeah, so so did I. And it's really good to get, go do a deep dive. Perhaps we should do some more deep dives on this show and um, get some experts in on other topics. Perhaps we'll do an eggs one. <laughs> what an excellent idea. No, no, don't start that again. Oh, now, listen, we had a couple of um, additional um, inputs to the coffee theme, didn't we, Ted? We did. Um, Philip Ray said that he um, makes his tea, coffee, morning coffee, using a tea filter. Oh. It's, <laughs> it's a fine mesh filter... Um, and you just lay it on the cup and scoop the ground espresso coffee into it and put the hot water in it, leave for five minutes and then enjoy. For evening coffee, I'm lazy, he says, and use my Nespresso. And that's a coffee machine, I think. Yes, it is, yes. And, uh, and occasionally use it to make a latte. Um, so he's got a couple of pictures here of the little tea strainer. I suppose it doesn't really matter if it's tea a tea strainer, as long as the water goes through it. It does make you wonder, doesn't it, why we went through those years and years and years of wasting all that paper when you can just yeah. use a plastic tea strainer and do the same yeah. job. I mean, yeah, exactly. Good, good call, Philip. Really. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Very nice. And that espresso um, looks really posh, doesn't it? I've never seen that before. Oh, I've heard of Lavasa, the, the company. Oh, yes, I know Lavasa. Yeah, they yeah, have a lot of right. coffee shops all over the place. Okay, thanks, Philip. Ian Watson. Now, we talked with Chris about where to buy the coffee and what, what coffee would we would recommend. Ian Watson suggests Taylor's of Harrogate, darling, especially for latte, he says. Ground mm. coffee, 227 grams, pack of six, £17. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Wow. That is cheap as chips. That is indeed cheap as chips. Six packets of 227 gram for 17 quid. He said, I just purchased these thinking they were the same whole bean, which I've tried before. Unfortunately, it was ground coffee and the item wasn't able available to be refunded. I contacted Amazon to ask why, while having accepted that it was my mistake. I was given a full refund and told to keep or dispose of it. I love it when that happens. It happened to me a couple of times. It's so cool when they say, I'll just keep it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, so I was fully prepared to accept my mistake. 
so a gold star. <laughs> so actually, <laughs> he's not only... I mean, he's got cheapest, cheapest, cheapest chips because he's actually ended up with six packets for nothing. Yeah, anyway, yeah, says fantastic. Ian, I'll use this with my Sage Barista Express. Ian's got a Sage Barista Express. Uh, now, yeah. you've kept that under your hat, Ian, you cunning little devil. Ian's got a Sage Barista. <laughs> That's the same one you've got that I had. Yeah, yeah, Goodness yeah. Me. Well, cool. good on you, Ian. And he says, for the first time, I will use it with the, du the dual wall portafilter, that handle thingy which you squish the coffee into. We know all about that, Ian. We've just been <laughs> chatting with Chris about it for 25 minutes, which seems to work. So good on you, Ian. Lovely call. And yes, use just because the Barista Express has got a grinder don't mean you can't use pre-ground beans, of course. Yeah, yeah, very good. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for your um, comments on coffee. We do come back to coffee quite a lot on this show, as, as you well know. Um, but, um, yeah, that was an interesting excursion. And thank you once again to Chris Kelly for his exceptionally time-consuming input. And now let's move into a coffee-free zone. Heads top tips, heads top tips, heads top tips. Jeremy Harper is here. I'm all for reducing the use of plastic, says Jeremy. Yeah. Good for you. Earlier today, I realised that Radox has ditched the convenient hanging hook for the shower gel bottle, um, room 101 for them, <laughs> which I found particularly useful as our shower only has a hook loop, not a shelf. Should I buy more plastic and add a shelf to my shower? No! Methinks I'll refill and use the old Radox bottle that does have a hangy hook until the dispenser bit eventually wears out. So good for you, yeah. Refilling old bottles that you do buy, you buy once, but you can quite often refill them. Um, we used to, what was that? You you got a set of uh, um, stuff to fill up to go away with, didn't you? Do you remember that? No, I remember during COVID we were refilling. We bought we were we bought the antibacterial soap, and then I was buying refills for the soap, so I didn't have to re buy no, new no, ones. No, no, no. You you bought these three little bottles um, to oh, go. Oh, I remember those. On... Yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah, sort yeah. of sexy, rubbery, yeah, silicone-y, yeah. bottly things. Yes, they're great fun. And of course, a lot of sure. shops now you can actually take your bottle in, and they'll have a Spencer that will give you milk or peanuts or dates or whatever it is, you know, just directly into the vessel that you bring into the Fantastic. shop. Fantastic. There you go. That's the way it should be. Well done, Jeremy. Ian Chappell uh, brings us a top tip uh, mentioning Steve's hygienic wipes from the last show. Oh, yeah. I listened to the last show. I don't remember the, ones, the hygienic wipes. The, Sorry, uh, Steve. Well, <laughs> Steve, 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 was, Steve was saying that he got this six-pack from Amazon because... Um, when he went to use them, because they hadn't been used for too long, they'd all dried out. Ah, I see. OK, well, Ian says, if your wipes dry out, just add a bit of water to the packet and squeeze it a few times to rehydrate them. Oh, right. OK. I've never tried that. It makes sense, really, doesn't it? Certainly does. Well done, Ian. TMS, magnetic whiteboard for my fridge. This is a, a, um, a really simple idea. It's just a, a whiteboard you put on your fridge. And this one is, is particularly interestingly shaped. It's tall and thin. Um, my mum has got an A4 version of this. Um, and it comes with a pen. 
and it's basically a jotting board. You can use it for whatever you like. You can, uh, I've been using it. While I had a bad back, I was using it for recording when I last had medication, and that worked really well for that. But you, typically people are going to use it for um, shopping lists, you know, things that they're going to need to remember to buy the next time they go. Yeah, and you're right, your dinner's in the oven. You know, I want a divorce. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly, that kind of thing. Um, but the point about this one is that it, the whole of the back of it is a magnet. Right. And as soon as you put it on the fridge, it's there. And you've got to really peel it off to get the thing off again. Um, so the, the, the magnet is across the whole of the back of it. It sticks on there really solidly. And you get this pen with it. And the pen has got a magnet on it as well. So in the lid of the pen, you you, you can put... Oh, the, I see, the, yes. Put it up against the... You know, put it on the, on the fridge as well. And in the top of the lid... There's got an eraser thingy as well. You're getting very and excited just, about this one, it, Ted. <laughs> it's really, really cute. It works really well, and it's really, really handy. Since I've put it up on my fridge, um, I've been using it all the time. Um, now, as I say, um, probably mainly because I had that bad back, but since I've not had a bad back, I've still continued to use it. It's great. I really like it. And it was under a fiver. The bigger sizes are a bit more, but um, there you go. Cheapest chips. Oh, what's not to love? And I'm Vivla Analog. Absolutely. I adore it. Nice call. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. I like the look of this, but it really does come under the category of things that it would be nice to have, but you probably have a honeymoon period and after a while you get fed up with it and give it to someone else. But I think for at least for the first couple of weeks, wouldn't it be fun to have what ostensibly looks like you've taken your computer apart and pulled out the motherboard? It just looks like a big piece of circuit board, but it's actually a London underground map in LEDs, little tiny LED representations of the whole of the London Underground. And here's the real clincher. According to, it receives live data over Wi-Fi, updating once a minute, and it gives wow. you live train movements on the Underground. Oh, As wow. if you'd need to know that. I just love oh, the idea that you that. can know that. Um, yeah. It just looks like great fun. Uh, now, how much is it? 119 quid. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, even if it was 19 quid, I'd still think, do I really want this? Am I going to get bored with it? But I just think it, it really does look like a bit of fun, at least for the length of the honeymoon period. And indeed, if you've got bottomless pockets, then after the honeymoon period, you can then replace it with a UK and Ireland weather map or a London underground um, various lines, Piccadilly, District, Central. Uh, I'm just scrolling through here. You've got the New York subway. You've got the Washington Metro. Um, then you've got Massachusetts weather map, uh, America weather map. So there are a few options in there to look at. Um, the, the site is called Train Tracker, T-R-A-I-N-T-R-A-C-K-R, without the E, Train Tracker. Uh, and it's, as I say, it's a bit of fun. I don't think I would really want one for any length of time, but it does look like a fun thing to play. You want to go around to someone's house and they've got one and you can just stand and look at it while you're visiting and then say that was fun and go who, home, you know. Who would buy it? Well, that's my point. I mean, why, yeah. you know... 
if you really needed the genuine information, then you'd just get it off the web, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an LED display. So, so essentially, it's an ornament, isn't it? It is an ornament. It's just a fun ornament. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I, my father was a great fan of these things like these clocks that are weird, a sort of Heath Robinson things where ball bearings move around and knock into things and things pendulum swing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a sort of modern version of something like that, really, isn't it? It's a sort of non-functional but functional item <laughs> very nice indeed well done i i really i think that's great uh, and talking of clocks oh yes no oh, it's slinky link. link well it's because you stopped right. killing all those insects you're concentrating on the show at last <laughs> yeah, i think I've, i think i've got them all now <laughs> bastards um you remember Seiko? I don't know if they still make watches, but um, they produced this delightful dive watch-inspired alarm clock. Oh. A bed bedside alarm clock. 45 quid. You can't get one in the UK that I can find, though, So you, but you can import it from Amazon USA, and it costs about 45 quid. It should be 30 quid, but they're caning you for the... the sending it across, right, I suppose. Yes. Anyway, they do look really, really nice. Mm. Um it's just a basic alarm clock it's nothing special it's runs on a battery it just looks like a watch it, yeah it's lovely and it looks like a yeah it looks like an ancient um kind of watch that seiko would have had on our wrist probably in the 1970s or, or at least the yes, 1980s yes. it's got a second hand it's got led lighting just for you um <laughs> A bed, bedside lighting, easy to read, loomy bright oh. hour markers just for you, and um, and and also hand accents for low light, so just for you. This would be okay. a complete nightmare for I don't you, wouldn't want it? One of these, thank you very much. <laughs> but the, the point is, though, that it just looks like one of those old watches. And that's really nice. And that's what I want one of those is for. is because there's no way I would buy one of these. But it just looks really nice. And if someone bought me one for Christmas, I'd be just delighted. Do you know what I also like? It's not quite flat. If you look at the side-on picture of it on Amazon, it's very slightly tilted at an angle. And I think that's quite cute. So you're not looking at it flat on. It's just very slightly tilted yeah. upward. It is indeed. A couple of degrees. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that. Very yeah. nice. Good find, Ted. You've got a thing about clocks, haven't you? I'm beginning to think you've put aside <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> your double-A battery fetish for a clock fetish instead. Yeah. Steve Litchfield brings us a sub-cold Pro 4L mini-fridge. Or rather, he doesn't. <laughs> he yeah. says 40 quid. Cooling drinks and snacks. So this is one of those little fridges you can stand on your desk or, you know, put in your dressing room or your whatever room you want. And, you know, you can just call a few bottles of Coke or whatever in there. Um, mains and USB, says Steve. So could be used in the car, too. Nicely packaged, built with a lovely door mechanism, leather carrying handle and plenty of insulation. However, in big letters, it uses the Peltier method of generating low temperatures. Oh, well, the Peltier method, Ted. I mean, I could have told him myself. Uh, <laughs> they all call Peltier yeah. method, were they? <laughs> 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 Sorry, Steve. You know far too much. There's a metal plate inside. This is explaining the Peltier method. There is a metal plate inside that does indeed get quite cold to the touch. This is either insanely inefficient or not effective enough, or both. 
On mains power, he goes on, it gets to about 13 degrees centigrade below ambient temperature, which does at least provide some drinks chilling, but at the expense of 35 watts or so, 15 watts of which goes to heating the cheap mains brick. If I were to leave this on all day, I would burn through as much power as my six-foot kitchen fridge freezer, which is insane. I can hear Steve saying it. USB option, he goes on. It can be powered from a laptop or a power bank or a car, etc. This is also more efficient as it only uses six watt and nothing gets hot. However, the cooling effect is also cut down and I average only eight degrees C cooling. The USB input needs to be up to 10 or 15 watt and also a higher quality mains adapter. Avoid! And I know from the post that he's, he sent it back now. So um, thanks for taking oh, one for the team, Steve, oh, and it's gone back. Oh, oh. I wonder if he wrote all that in the the returns thing, and if anyone could understand what on earth he's talking about. We we just about kept up with you there, Steve. But I imagine the average returns agent at Amazon wouldn't, and get, perhaps you didn't bother. I don't know, but I mean, you know, I mean, hats off to Steve for you know taking the time and effort to check it through and tell us, yeah, give yeah, us yeah. the results, and and indeed let us know to avoid. Yes, indeed. Well done, Steve. Right, last up for this show is Matt Jones on a revisit um, to the Australian Question Intonation. Australian Question Intonation? <laughs> that's the one. Um, we've done this a few times, but Matt has renewed irritation, right. so we'll air okay. it again. I just had to um, abort listening to an otherwise interesting podcast because it was irritating me so much, he reports. You're right there, um, Matt. I, I do agree. that the, I, I did uh, kind of look into this um, a little bit after he posted this and tried to find out what it's all about. There's an article which I'll link to at The Conversation, which is a website, and it might be a publication as well. I'm not sure. Um, it seems to suggest that it was originally an, a, a ploy possibly used by politicians in order to hold the floor. Um, hold oh, the floor, like um, suggesting I haven't finished yeah. yet, so don't ju jump in. I haven't finished yet, so don't jump in. Um, and 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 for people that don't have too much confidence, they could use it as an employee in order to not be trampled over, um, not be trampled over. <laughs> exactly. You know, in in the early two thousands, um, I lived for a little while in New Zealand uh, when mm -hmm. I was in Lord of the Rings, and um, and uh, they did the same thing. And when you talk to somebody, you, you just couldn't understand why they'd go up at the end of a sentence. And it, it exactly, yeah. I, I noticed it all the time there. And um, that's very mm. interesting that it was a way of saying, no, shut up, I haven't finished. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably is it. And as we said when we talked about this before, it seemed to creep out with the um, exporting of neighbours and... Um, what's that other one called? Oh, Home and Away. Home and, Home and Away. Yes. And, and, and once it got to, once those soap operas got to America, everyone seemed to be doing it. And it was all an in vogue thing for young people across the world then. So, yes, I agree with it, you, Matt. We agree with you. It is annoying. It puts me in mind of... I, I remember I whinged recently about when you're in the supermarket and people talk like this and they get to the very end of the sentence before they go down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very funny. Oh, no, there's no gold star. There's no gold star? <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on then, Ted, just for you. Right, well, that was absolutely pointless, wasn't uh, it? But there we go, we enjoyed it. Never mind, yeah. <laughs>
Um, okay, so we're back in um, two weeks' time, hopefully, and we will look to you to bring us lots of stuff into the MeWe group to talk about. In the meantime, you can go and get our links to all the stuff we've spoken to about today, including all the coffee stuff at whateverworks.works and your podcatcher, of course. Aidenbell.com is where you'll find Aiden. TedSalmon.com is where you'll find me. Links there to all the stuff we do, all the audio, audio podcasts, all the MeWe groups links galore and um, yeah do do jump into the MeWe group with us let us know it's been a bit quiet lately so do let us know what you've been buying and what whatever works and what is crap and doesn't work <laughs> and um, we'll bring highlights of that to the shows to come so uh, um, yes any last words from you my chum I don't think so it's very hot in here <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing to say before we frazzle don't forget Whatever works, works! Works? Works! I was trying to do the infection, it didn't work! Work!